0: Well, I didn't think today's song would be controversial, but I'm just staring at my cell phone here. And I have a text from our good friend, Emil. We've talked about him before in our Shanice episode. And he says he thinks our choice today is way too popular to be a guilt-free pleasure. And so I just want to uh, anticipate this from our listeners, that they might think that we've picked a song that's way too popular. But according to LA Weekly, so I've done a little research here, and they say that the internet hates this song. They say that it's to blame for Celine Dion releasing My Heart Will Go On.
1: Well, I think we are here to put the internet on notice that this is not a terrible song. We're taking the internet back, and we are going to explain Kiss for Rose." and make everyone fall in love with that song once again. So
0: Emil, we know that you love this song and we love this song. And the world loves this song. They just might not know it yet.
1: So with us is Dave Kitchen. <laughs> we usually don't use last names, but we've used it once before. So, you know, no harm, no foul. It's uh, double jeopardy.
2: Of all the guests on this podcast, I'm happy to be the only one getting doxxed. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you're the only one that's made two
2: full appearances on the show. I'm thrilled. And if I might add... Um, this is also the uh, second it's my second appearance and it's the second song where a singer is attached to a supermodel because brian adams has his history with linda evangelista and his saint catherine's connection and then we have seal with heidi klum
1: that's right yeah
2: who then did take his last name for a while yeah 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 and uh heidi klum not from
1: Saint
0: Catherine's. So, <laughs> we'll also have to bring you on then for the Mick Jagger episode.
2: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then we just have to go through his rolodex of supermodel wives. That <laughs> yeah. pick the one yeah. at that time. <laughs> so um, yeah, so let's uh,
1: jump into the song "Kiss from a Rose" uh, from Seal's second album, which was also called Seal, uh, same as his, as his first album. But I guess this would be Seal
0: two. They've uh, retconned it. They're calling it Seal 2 now. But yeah. I remember they were all just called Seal.
1: Yeah, well, the, yeah, the first two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had I had both of those. Uh, I had the first tape, um, which had Killer and, and Crazy on it, which was a, that was just a bonkers album. It was really good. And then I had Seal uh, uh, 2, which is a little bit more, I don't know if you call it more mature, but a little more emotional than uh than than the first album
0: i was a bit bummed out when seal 2 came out because then once this song took off which has taken me a while to come around to liking yeah i knew that he would never do another song like crazy which i thought was fantastic so yeah bit bittersweet here that we're going back to this
1: yeah maybe maybe we'll talk about crazy on on another day but uh yeah this is uh it's kind of like the the boys to men thing they had motown philly and then they had those big hits with the ballads and then they never went back to a Motown Philly.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about
1: the song, Frank? So from his second album, um, it was released in 94 and kind of charted a little bit, but really didn't take off until 96 when it was on the uh, Batman forever soundtrack, which is where everybody in the world I think was introduced to it, but it was also on the soundtrack for another movie back in 94, which uh, some would argue is a better movie, which was The NeverEnding Story 3. And I'm just kind of trying to think here, how many stories have been written without endings?
2: Well, I feel that there's a philosophy professor somewhere trying to reconcile himself with the idea that The NeverEnding Story has not just one sequel, but two sequels. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so that's...
1: uh, yeah that that's that's uh, that's a deeper episode that I think maybe we we, we dive into but uh, right now let's let's keep it as surface as we can with the with Kiss from a Rose here. So yeah, it it really like exploded once uh once it was part of the uh, Batman Forever soundtrack and part attached to that movie and and similar to our Brian Adams episode this is uh, a song that was made huge because of the movie, right? I would think.
2: Yeah. Another 90s hit. Made possible by this studio machine, and and a perfect pairing too, because this song has such a kitsch factor. To well, it's it's a strange song because the the lyrics and the music are so disparate. Because it's such a great song to listen to, but having printed out the lyrics today to do a deep dive, it's a, it's so terrible <laughs> uh, lyric wise, and it's got those kind of cheesy um, Pablo-esque uh, love. Metaphors and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the marriage bringing Joel, Joel Schumacher, the bring him bringing this song is exactly what he did with Batman. So, the, yeah. the way the song and the movie pair, right, and he, the way he took the Batman franchise from what, what, and it's the same kind of cartoonishness, which is strange, but there was just like such a weird integrity to what Tim Burton was doing. And then by the time Joel Schumacher gets it, it's just kind of um, gone fully into the true cartoon world. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then I, I the kids from a rose is such a cartoonish love song in a, in a way. So it's perfect.
1: Yeah. And actually it was, it was written in 1987 and seal was never really pumped about the song. So he just kind of tossed it aside and didn't think about it until 94 when he put it on the album. But yeah, he was just like, he was never really proud of it is what he, what he said. And then, uh, uh, the producer of the album, Trevor Horn, took it and did some did some fun things with it, with the with the strings and and uh, and all of that, and the orchestral sort of swoons and 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 uh, waves that come along with it, and that's uh and made Kiss from Rose what it is. It sounds great. It yeah, still sounds good. I always find like there's there's kind of parts in it where if I was to see Seal in concert, I'd expect them to be played by like people from a renaissance fair
0: oh like <laughs> i think there's lutes involved I don't. I don't know this is our first guilt-free pleasure song with an oboe and a harpsichord yeah what i gather at least in my in my research like i don't know what
1: a lot of instruments sound like but yeah this is a, I think yeah harpsichord yeah we haven't done tori amos have we i think she played exclusively on a
0: harpsichord yeah. but uh, and my grade two teacher well oh, okay <laughs> So we've established that the music's great I think we'll come back to that or i'm I'm cool to also talk about well I think we got to talk about the lyrics Dave, you've got the lyric sheet in front of you I think uh, we we know the music is great, but in order to have a song, just to go back to Frank's equation a few episodes ago, music plus lyrics equals song so tell us about this uh Second half.
1: I've been called the Einstein of uh, (laughs) musical theory.
2: (laughs) That's the string theory of of music right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is that this title must have come from a romantic song title generator where he pulled a uh, lever and the wheel spun and then Kiss came up and then he pulled it a second time and then Rose came up. And I'm just trying to imagine a world where he and his producer are in the studio trying to figure out how to link those two. (laughs) He's just surrounded by crumpled paper all over the studio with failed attempts kissed to a rose kiss on a rose and then finally at some point deep in the night they came across kiss from a rose and then the song was born from there but if you go further i feel that there's a dark kind of undercurrent to the song because it's a it's about cocaine i'm pretty sure it's about cocaine and so i've got some lines here um in of the, coke uh, no <laughs> of oh, the song. Oh, okay. Although, yeah. Is Seal he here right now? Is he? I don't think he's here to, for that. But um, that, was, that was an easy softball across the plate, Frank. Um, but he says, uh, in the first stanza, he says, love remained a drug that's the high and not the pill. And this is Seal after all. So he's not, he's not doing like OxyContin like some guy from West Virginia. He's like doing cocaine because he's from London and he's rich and he's got a supermodel wife and that sort of thing, right? And then he follows, he ends that stanza by saying, did you know that when it snows, and we know that snow is a metaphor for cocaine, when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can be seen. Which, to me, has to be a reference to dilating pupils.
1: Yeah.
3: Love remains a draw that's high not the hill. But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become loud and the light that you shine can't be seen?
2: So, we have that. And then, in the second stanza, he says, uh, the more I get of you, the stranger it feels... And then, in the third stanza, he says, there's, there's so much a man can tell you, so much he can say, because um, he's holding back on admitting his, his addiction. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say that, sh- that she is a growing addiction that he can't deny. And then he asks, is that healthy, baby? So, I mean, taken as a whole, and just to throw in some personal biography stuff, he proposed to his wife in Whistler in a quincy, which is like a poor man's igloo where instead of just building up the frame of the igloo, you just make a big snow pile and then hollow it out, and which is another giant pile of snow. You know? And we know that it doesn't snow in Columbia, so he must have he must have timed it perfectly. So there's all these illusions. This song has to be about cocaine, I'm convinced.
0: Okay. What well i like the
1: song i like the parts
0: about love
1: can we talk about those
0: yeah we uh well i mean i mean there's different undercurrents i guess you could argue a great song uh can speak on so many different levels or a song that's super confusing also speaks on so many different levels well
1: well seal has said um he, he was on a he was on a talk show and they were asking him about the lyrics of this song and uh and his comment was like, "I haven't, I haven't explained the lyrics of this song for 25 years, and I'm not going to explain them now." So maybe he's not super proud. He's not super proud of, of what it's about. Maybe, but uh, but yeah, he, like we don't even know from the man himself. I know what, what it's about, but it, but I mean, there is evidence to I,
2: I saw that comment. That's what made me dive into the lyrics, and then I found some pages later but um, there is there definitely he, he does seem to have this thing and uh, uh, Robert Plant was the same with Stairway to Heaven where yeah. he, he kind of wanted to distance himself from the song because he was embarrassed of the lyrics and a couple times he said um, you know the, the things you write when you're 24 don't always hold up and he kind of wanted to put some distance there Yeah. and uh, I know Zeppelin I think they've only played it a few times one time was for the memorial for the producer oh, yeah. for Atlantic Records or yeah. whatever but yeah so there's mm-hmm. definitely um, I think I think you look back on your early poetry yeah. <laughs> Your young man poetry And probably you're a little embarrassed by it Always write your journals in pencil <laughs> just,
0: just so you can go back and fix it up he, uh, Well when he wrote the song He used a He bought a, sort of a four track I can't remember the name of the device His, his girlfriend at the time I think mm-hmm. Bought it for him And he didn't have any like musical theory He didn't know how to play an instrument So he just kind of wrote it as he as he felt but he overlapped his vocals and he did things like that but there, there's a surprising parts of the song i know from a musicologist i spent last night watching on youtube saying he couldn't <laughs> understand why he would do this but it sounds great and it's so inventive and seals said well i just didn't know what i was doing so i just went with what how i felt yeah and that's what kind of gives this song sort of interesting minor chord feels i don't even know what a minor chord is but there's something there's there's moments in the song where it takes you on the sort of journey of the sort Mm -hmm. of up and down emotions yeah and
1: that's kind of um that's a great sort of description of what we do here at guilt-free pleasures we don't know what we're doing we just know what we feel
0: yeah we go straight for feels
1: yeah so there's a there's a, a i think my favorite part of the song and it happens in two places, but it's uh, it's slightly different both times. And there's a, a great, uh, um, something great that happens both times. And uh, we kind of uh, spoke about it a little bit here already. But uh, in the third stanza where he says, there's so much a man can tell you, so much he can feel. And, uh, and everything's sort of really soft at that point. But then uh, but then it comes into it's like you remain my power, my pleasure, my pain, baby. And he just hits that bam, bam, bam. It's just such a such a great little like a, a build right to right to that right to that point.
3: There is so much a man can tell you, so much he can say. And
1: then um, into into the, uh, to me, you're like a grown addiction uh, that I can't deny. And then those lines happen later, except they're slightly different. Mm. So later on, this is something that I absolutely love, something fun and, and neat that I think that he does is um, he says, you remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. There's no baby. But then it's, to me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. Now, won't you tell me, is that healthy baby? Except the way he sings it this time is, now, won't you tell me, there's a little playful pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, won't you tell, uh, yeah, won't you tell me that playful pause, healthy baby? You can you can just see, like, I've tried this move once before, and it just, it doesn't go well. Like, you're just... You have that, you know, you're hovering over, like lips quivering. You're, you're, you're saying, is that healthy, baby? The answer's always no. The answer's always no. I, 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 I can't be sexy. I don't know. But you can just tell that, man, this guy just oozes sexy. Yeah, that's healthy.
3: My power, my pleasure, my pain. I won't you tell me is that
2: healthy, baby? you're you're in the you're in the batman video right now <laughs> where seal is standing with the wind blowing at his shirt is that where you've gone to frank
1: that, that's
0: my growing graying tower on the sea well some of us are seals some of us are commissioner gordons we just got to go with what we're what our lot is in life i yeah. guess <laughs> Uh, so your favorite part that's your favorite part of the song yeah I mean other than the entire song but that's my favorite part right my favorite part is the overlapping vocals and there's a moment that keeps coming up where he says you but underneath him seal two if I may say that not the album (laughs) but the other seal who's doing the vocals says you as well so you hear the begin saying you well seal two also says you maybe seal three underneath is also saying you yeah and as he stopped the you is still continuing and it creates this sort of sense yeah. that he's jumping somehow uh breaths to get there
3: sort yeah. of like how
0: i edit this podcast yeah <laughs> constantly jumping breaths yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that the, that you like yeah. that that part yeah yeah that's yeah.
0: Amazing. Hey i don't really care too much about the lyrics even though i'm a lyric guy the <laughs> fact that they pull that off just the production is like okay this is yeah. perfect i say that about like every song we've done yeah, this I is perfect uh,
1: they all there are There a lot of really perfect songs out yeah. there <laughs> i mean and our listeners are really i i would say blessed that we're bringing all the perfect songs to them yeah <laughs>
2: Uh Kitsch, what's your favorite part? I gotta say the the bold babies that start, you know, the sort yes. of crescendo babies, because that is a, a, a karaoke moment waiting to happen. You just see that oh, yeah. happening in bars across the world, right? People drunk, a little drunk, a little sealish, yeah. just <laughs> belting out the babies. Yeah. And it's it's the classic ballad power move.
1: Yeah.
3: But your
0: It feels like a classic American Idol moment where if you can hit that baby part, then you've won. But this is, it's all about whether you can, it's sort of like doing Oh, Holy Night at church. And that Oh, Holy Night, when you hit that Oh, Night Divine, you make or break. If you break it, we all look down at our shoes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I want to save this Bono quote for the end. I, I, I towards.
1: Oh, yeah, because uh, U2 is on that same uh, soundtrack. They right?
0: are, yes. Um, was that the Thrill Me Kiss Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Was big. It was a huge soundtrack. It was. It was such a bad movie. Yeah. And you know, the interesting part about this, for in for terms of the movie, so one is like Joel Schumacher basically set career, uh, according to the Spotify uh, thing I, I watched, Joel Schumacher sets his career in motion. He was already doing well. Yeah. But he calls Seal and asks if he can put Kiss from yes, Rose that's right, yeah. into the song into his uh, movie. And this then makes the song go huge. I didn't realize how huge it was, but just looking at Spotify, it has like 260 million listens compared. And the next closest is 80. So it's shocking difference there. Yeah. And so Schumacher, despite my um, issues with him as a director. That was a. I mean, I would give him a, a star, a gold star for that. Yeah. Well, he made. I won't say he made Seal what Seal is, but uh, definitely helped. Yeah. Also, the song only shows up and on the credits after they put the U2 song. So the U2 song opens the credits. The only time it's in the movie is at the end credits. And then the Seal song comes
2: after that. So
0: it's not even played during the movie. I thought it was played during the love scene, but it was not.
3: You gotta get all the way to the
2: key grip before you... Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Wow. I do lament that the loss of that era where you would get the big soundtrack song
1: yeah because
2: i mean now with spotify and stuff like songs get popular but you don't get that shared experience Mm -hmm. but you know turning on whether much music or whatever or you know what was the american version of that mtv Um, mtv or or just the radio and there would be that collective hit you know it feels like that era is gone a little bit and even if it's a pop song that you you might not care as much about, you know, just, just that kind of the, the notion of the shared experience seems gone. Always, always the big summer
1: song, right? Yeah. like that was part of the uh, part of the one of the big movies. It mm-hmm. used to be Will Smith had a good run at things, and then he did Wild Wild West. And,
2: uh, but the '90s is speckled with these breakout songs, yes. you know. Yeah. And then, but it was a kind of time and place that's, that's gone. So we don't have that that kind of power move that a song has yeah adele's new song just came out or whatever and you hear it here and there but it's just it doesn't have that kind of everywhere feel yeah yeah this was a summer song right so because this it was number one
0: in august of 95 96 96 i think think. maybe i'm
1: wrong i could be wrong all right let's take a look at that uh
0: 95 you're right sorry yeah so it wins grammy Mm -hmm. for um record of the year and and pop vocal or vocal performance as well.
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and he beat out Alanis Morissette's so you ought to know. Which isn't surprising because this is the ultimate song that could get played on most radio stations outside of like a hard rock. Yeah. But this yeah. is safe for so many very, uh, like places. And so, it works well for MTV Much Music cuz you got that video. And then it works well for Joy 96. Yeah. it's And I know for me, I mean, this might be going into categories, but I heard it at the shoe store when I was working there all oh, the okay, time. Yeah. And so yeah. this is 95. So I'm in the store and I hear Kiss from Rose all the time.
2: Yeah, and the mid-90s, as much as they celebrated a Lensmore set, Mainstream America is not ready for uh, a, a sort of strong, independent female voice, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a massive seller, but I don't know what kind of support they got in the Joy, Joy 95? or Joy 96. Joy 96. And,
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> Am I the only one who listened to it here? Because most of the songs on my future list come from Joy 96. Yeah. Frank keeps saying, well, let's wait till next week. <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually the first time I heard it, because I had uh I had the album. I, I bought the album back in ninety-four before it became popular. So you're welcome, world. Um but you're, the,
2: you're a nineteen nineties hipster. Right there. <laughs> Basically, you you yeah. heard it before it was popular.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, so when it came out in the movie, I'm just like, oh yeah, this song, this is a great tune.
2: So that story went nowhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just thinking.
2: Was there? Did, was it reproduced for the movie, or
1: was no? I
0: think I think they just they off. took the they took the the same song and just popped right. it over. I thought it was, and I was wrong because I kept saying, "Oh, it's different." I thought, it, but then I just realized I hadn't really listened to the song in twenty years.
1: Yeah, it's just the videos that are different, which is obvious. Yeah. So the the original video references a, a a movie from the from the 60s um blow up blow up yeah so it's basically seal taking pictures of supermodels which maybe was foreshadowing into his you know marriage with heidi klum
0: i really like um that seal telegraphs what he's going to do in this song oh. dave brought this up when we got when we got in before we started but kitch could you uh enlighten us with wh- where uh where Seal helps us out
2: in understanding his uh, metaphors and similes. Yeah, I mean, and the, the song is chock full of them. He says, "Love is a drug." Um, you became the light, right? I mean, there's all sorts of metaphors, but my favorite is when he actually tells you the action of making the comparison when he says, "Baby, I compare you to a kiss from a rose." So for. <laughs> for those grade nine students who are struggling with the concept of a metaphor he's coming through for you right here by being so deliberate in his delivery yeah,
1: he's he's basically mansplaining the the metaphor
0: my sense for the whole song is he has the song in his head and so the yeah. all that stuff
1: which but, i also love is printed on the lyrics
0: yeah which i imagine was the entire song yeah and he's like i gotta put lyrics to this so, <laughs> so he's like gray graying tower because he uses the term gray there's a graying tower and then the kisser and rose is on a gray yeah. and on the and, and it keeps gray comes up again like wow you're using the same word over and over i thought you used something else and then he uh I think he knew he needed to fit a bunch of words in. So he's like, all right, I'll just tell you what I'm doing. I'm, I'm comparing you to a kiss from Rose on yeah. the Gray. So he just needs to. Well, I got to get back to this. Let's wait a second here. Baby, I compare you to a kiss from a Rose on the Gray. Okay, could you tell me? So the comparison is a kiss from a Rose, but it's on the Gray. What is the Gray? The tower. The tower alone on the sea.
2: He's and is is that a like a broken down lighthouse? And then she brings the light to him? Is that the, the connection we're supposed to make there?
3: Sure. There used to be a gray and tower alone on the sea. You became the light on the dark side of me.
0: And if it's a lighthouse, how does he have a dark side? The dark side will keep changing. So is she moving around that lighthouse all yeah, the time. Yeah, she's
1: getting really dizzy.
0: Because he says she became the light on the dark side of him, but if he's a tower on a sea, I hope well, it's a light. It
1: doesn't necessarily have to be a lighthouse. I mean, it could be like uh, those um, castle, like uh, military outposts that sit on out on the sea. Oh, all that other sort of. That stuff.
2: changes the entire meaning of the song for yeah. me. Now it's a but song But you wouldn't have that as a tower alone on the sea. The tower alone on the sea has to be a lighthouse.
1: The tower on the alone on the sea is a metaphor.
0: Why are we not getting this? What, because he hasn't explained it
1: to us? He didn't us?
2: say he's comparing
0: it to anything. Yeah, I got the kiss from Rose because he told me that, but he did not tell me that there wasn't a literal tower,
1: okay? <laughs> I always thought it was uh, there was a, a grain tower on the alone on the sea, and I was just like, why is there a grain tower on the sea? Like,
0: No, it's a gray-ing, like well i thought it was a kiss from a rose on a grave
1: so
3: did i it's
0: perfect that actually makes sense like yeah. oh he's dead she's dead or they're out of there or love's dead love's or... yeah but that was just gray yeah. yeah the lyrics don't need to make
1: sense for this to be an amazing song uh,
0: bono of u2 says ideas come and go but songs exist forever thanks bono yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this is sort of the argument seal also makes when people ask about the lyrics which is sort of a teflon thing it's like listen the song exists forever like well wait, wait wait a sec what does that mean oh okay it exists forever well so does rebecca
1: black's friday then
0: yeah, I was thinking about that. The Nickelback exists forever.
1: Yeah, which goes back to our never-ending story comments. Like these are these are never-ending. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a, a, a personal story uh, with this song between uh, Dave and myself. Um, I was the graying tower on the sea, and I was comparing him to a kiss like a like a kiss from a rose. Uh, no, uh, when when Dave was getting married, uh, I was put in charge of creating a playlist for the uh, for the wedding, for both the the dinner and the uh, the celebration part afterwards. Uh, so I was over at at his place with uh, with uh, him and Kate, and we were going through songs, and I and I brought this song up, and Dave was like, "Nope, it's not getting played." It's about every 10 or 12 songs, I would, uh, I would just, oh, well, what about this song? So I would continually play this song and suggest this song and always get shot down. But I like to think that uh, my insistence in playing this song made you love it even more. Is that is that is that a, a true statement?
2: It did. and And that's the one thing you have to know about Frank is whenever he's planning, not just a playlist, but probably any event in his life, there's a 10 out of 10... 10- Chance that "Kiss from a Rose" is in the back of his mind at any time. And did you end up playing it?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it played. It played when uh, when we were having dinner. Right. Actually, I turned up the volume, and it, it was really distracting.
2: Yeah. No, that was good. And and for the the crowd at home, he did rock the. It was the best DJing that I've ever heard. Um, but now that I I think back on it, and you've told me that you played the song, I can't deny. That Kiss from Rose had a part to play in that. Yeah. So you proved us all right, that or wrong, you were right, I was wrong. It was a great song. It was, and it, it sold the wedding.
1: Yeah. Ba- so I can, I'm taking credit
0: for Dave and Kate's marriage.
1: Yeah. I'm basically, and all the happiness that's come
2: yeah. from yeah. it. Yeah. Is from that song. Yes. Yeah.
0: And then to add, I don't think insult to injury or salt to a wound, but to add more glory to this all. Frank made sure that it was Dave Kitchen who was with us when we did Kiss from a Rose yes. as a guilt-free pleasure. <laughs> so I guess we know the category, could this be a wedding song? Frank has already well, yeah, made it so. That's uh, that's taken care of, yeah. So we would say this is something you would play during dinner. You wouldn't do a slow song to dance to?
2: This could be oh, yeah. the song. It yeah. could be the wedding song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This feels like it's got sort of front and center potential.
1: Yeah. yeah. There were very few uh slow songs played during the uh, the dance portion of the wedding and and those were um already picked out so I had to I had to find somewhere else for it to for this song to shine.
0: All right. Next so, category.
1: Next category. Yeah. So um Yeah, one Frank. Well, this is uh, uh because this was so popular because of the the Batman uh soundtrack. Where would Seal fall within the Batman universe?
0: Villain or hero,
1: I would like to think he'd be a hero, like a minor hero, but a hero.
2: He's too like fit and kind of iconic. like you watch that video, he's oh with the shirt blowing? Yeah, Oh, yes. I mean, he's <laughs> aside from the sexual undertones, there's like, he's really fit and he, he doesn't have the, I don't know, the weirdness that you'd expect from a Batman villain. And maybe I'm just saying that because for most of the video, when you see Seal, he's on, he's right beside the bat signal, which connects him to Batman more in my mind. Yeah. And, but it begs the question, did Seal and Batman ever coexist in the Batman universe? Yeah. Did, I mean, cause you have to imagine the scene where Batman shows up cause of the signal, but yeah. instead of commissioner Gordon, it's Seal. It's Seal. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah
2: maybe Whoa. seal tasks him to get to the bottom of the never ending story three situation <laughs> i'm not sure do
0: you think val kilmer
2: would save him from a clubbing <laughs> well cuz you got to factor in the penguin in this right cuz the penguin oh, yeah. is would be like this maybe they were once partners because of their sort of antarctic ocean connection yeah a seal and a penguin and then but they split and now seal went the the righteous way yeah. and then
1: what would seals uh, superpower be
2: oh man he could hold his breath
0: underwater for a while balance a ball on his nose or i don't know <laughs> i'm trying to get back to the lyrics of the song to see if he <laughs> hid anything in there
1: you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let our listeners sort of uh, uh, figure that one out on, on their own. Like, what, what would SEAL's superpower be in the Batman universe?
0: Just as a side note on the topic of SEALs, Dave, a few years ago, shared a, a YouTube clip with me oh, of yeah. SEALs singing Kiss from a Rose, but actual SEALs. And it was one of the greatest things I've heard. <laughs> I might have played it for my class today.
1: Yeah. and uh, <laughs> we, we might be playing a small clip of it here.
2: I feel like whatever happens in the Batman universe, when he's done saving somebody, it's the classic thing where, you know how sometimes like they disappear. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden the people look and the person who saved them is gone. Yeah. Except they're holding in their hand a rose. It's kind of like the good guy's calling card. Oh, that would be
1: his calling card. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then he's gone, but they look around and then in their hand, they didn't even know they were holding it, is is a rose.
1: Yeah. That could work. Yeah.
0: Frank, you brought up the mixtape category in the past. I've been thinking a lot about this and really struggling. Yeah. What other songs would you include in a mixtape? Or with, at least with a couple this one of songs. Yeah. Uh, Back to One by Brian McKnight. Nice. Brian, Ma-
1: Brian McKnight would make a whole lot of sense because he was in around the same time as all this. When he was uh, gaining a lot of popularity.
0: I think Savage Garden's Truly Manly Deeply. Oh, yeah. That would work. Let's see. Also, I had any of those sort of Sting 90s songs, like from Ten Summoners Tales or something like that, because they have a that sort of preludish
1: yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: Englishman yeah. in New York. Yeah. Or the... Uh, there's one... Oh, it was something, Shape of My Heart. There's a song called Shape of Many Wizzes. But I've, it had a lot of plays on Spotify. I think any sort of like cinematic movie soundtrack would work. I... I hesitate to say it but aerosmiths don't want to miss a thing feels like it could but i don't want
2: that song near seal
1: yeah no no no
2: but they do seem like they're in the same category those yeah, sort of, kind of gigantic of right up the middle yeah. hits, and and you could interchange anything out of those like kind of mid 90s late late 90s aerosmith albums right yeah. all those videos with that one girl from clueless yeah. Remember she was in like oh, two yeah. or three of those yeah, videos? Yeah, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Here's the one I thought of right away. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, it's such a terrible song. But I think it works. City yeah. of Angels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be on your mix.
1: Yeah. Begrudgingly. Uh, what other categories do we have here? Okay. Who else could sing this song?
0: Yeah. Well... Alright, well we go to our go-to yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll name some you tell me I got a list here Michael Bolton
1: Yes, there's great intensity He would sing this with great intensity yeah.
0: That leads me to my next favorite
2: one Celine Dion <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, yeah
2: Because I was thinking of her as a like, Who would be on the mixtape Yeah, this, yeah like, Celine Dion would go on, be on would yeah. have yeah. to be, yes. Just because of the 90s connection yeah. And the, the the movie connection And all that stuff this is a rod stewart song oh yeah doing oh. the american songbook even though it's a british guy he would still <laughs> put it in the american songbook and he's got rachel hunter the rachel That's hunter great. era rod stewart would yeah. make the whole supermodel life thing a yeah complete package it as brings well.
1: it brings it ties it all together yeah,
0: yeah. american songbook 11 featuring seal songs just
2: british songs <laughs> british in the american songbook <laughs> He's he's that egotistical that he just starts pulling songs from other countries. And he's for sure doing Forever Young. Yeah. His version. Yeah. Right.
0: So that's good. Uh, Could you make this into a Hallmark movie? I guess you'd have, like, I I guess it is a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Except except for the cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess it could be any movie you want because I have no idea what they're talking about. Right. It could be like a ghost movie. This feels like a ghost movie.
2: But that's a Hallmark movie, too, yeah. right? Is yeah. What the hell's going on on a Hallmark? You know there's somebody that they like somebody else, and yeah. it's all these improbable situations, but they, you know there's love in the end, and yeah. that's kind of what this song is. Would you sing this at a karaoke bar? Oh,
0: totally.
1: Yeah, it'd have to be couple beers deep but yeah
0: and you think you could hit that baby
2: note?
1: oh no 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 that's what no. makes it so
2: karaoke yeah yeah right it's just like you don't hit the note yeah, yeah. you know what you do
1: I'd, I'd sing it with a lot of heart yeah
2: <laughs> with a lot of feeling
1: yeah a lot of feeling not a lot of music but if you feel a lot like of
0: accuracy yeah yeah If you turn the mic to the crowd during the baby part and they shout it out, then you've pulled it off. Yeah. And that's what you should also do when you sing Oh Holy Night on Christmas Eve this year, Frank.
1: It's Well,
0: you know, one of these years I'm going to get it. 12 years of failure,
1: 13th year, I, I think it's mine.
0: Now, going back to what Liz brought up before, there are certain types of guilt-free pleasure songs. Would this be a fun song or a sexy song for guilt-free pleasure? Or is there new categories we haven't explored yet?
1: Well, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a... uh, Not necessarily a fun song, but it's not an unfun song. It's not a sexy song. It's a romantic song. This is the kind of song that you light candles to and you throw petals on the floor and around the bathtub. And, and that's the type of song that this is. It's romantic.
0: I got a text from Liz who says, no, this is not, not for her, but it sounds like
2: it's too big. It's too, it's not, it's not dangerous enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess my, I guess my touchstone to this is if I place this song next to Sade's No Ordinary Love, would Robert Redford be offering someone money with Seal playing in the background right. or not? No, it's no, you can't no. in the middle. It's just not his... I don't know. But you can't compare it to Sade. Sorry. Okay, yeah. uh, Chris Isaac, Wicked Game.
1: You know, that's like the second most sexy song in
0: history.
2: Wait, what's the first? Well, Sade. Oh. <laughs>
0: I would have had one about, like, what type of video would you make for it? Is, there the, bat one? Is the Batman one perfect for this? Just Oh, the Batman one, yeah, because, oh, yeah, the, the blowing shirt in the wind. It's and, the
2: blowing and, shirt. Yeah. It, you couldn't escape it. No. I think it, it, in that thing where you put, like, a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters, each yeah. one of them has him with a blowing shirt. Yeah, Yeah, and yeah, it's perfect.
0: If anything, the Bat symbol should have just been a giant fan that's blowing his yeah. shirt even more.
3: Now that your rose is in bloom, a light hits the gloom on the gray.
0: It is always a pleasure to have Dave Kitchen in the Winchester for this podcast.
2: Great to be here. And uh, next time you have a singer with a supermodel wife, I will be in this, the Winchester.
1: Fantastic. All right. We just need to... Um, the Cars. The ugly guy from The Cars. Yeah. He's got a supermodel wife? Well, he was uh, dating... Um, what's her name? From uh, the Wicked Games video. Really? Yeah. Was it? Didn't he marry her? I don't know. That was uh, Helena Christensen, right? Oh, wow.
0: Okay. Billy Joel. We do Billy Joel. Oh yeah, time. that's right.
1: Yeah. Okay. So look forward to our next um, singers with supermodel wives episode with Dave Kitchen. This is uh, Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures. Uh, thank you again, Dave, for showing up. And uh, I do listen to other music. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not as good as this stuff. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks for coming by, and thanks for uh, everyone
0: who's listened and put up with our jackassery. Well, I'm not letting you end on that note, Frank, because the song is called Kiss from a Rose. And I will not allow you to end this podcast without having a bad joke involving the song title. So please go for it. Well, thank you for showing up. And uh,
1: we hope you enjoyed this Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a-